Hello, this is another episode of Hip Hop Social Worker, and uh, tonight got a special guest in the house, my dad, Kenneth Scott. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. Man, this is a big deal. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm really proud of you to see you have ventured out into something that uh, opens you up to scrutiny, opens you up. Um, you know, I, I used to view you as a kid that was, uh, you know, stayed in the background a little bit and didn't wouldn't put yourself out there. So this is a big deal, and it's a big deal for me to see you doing it because, you know, no matter how small it is, it's still a big production. And, um, you know, just proud to see you going there. That's true. Well, you know, um, a few years ago I had this epiphany that being quiet wasn't going to get me paid and it wasn't going to get me laid. So, uh... <laughs> anyway, so um, tell us about you know. I, well, let me go back. And I know in the first kind of introduction, I kind of mentioned that I had an interesting background, interesting upbringing. You know, with like things like um, you know living in poverty and drug addiction, and seeing my parents coming out of drug addiction, and you know us moving up, and you know being really influencing me to be a social worker. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your, your background? Well, my background <clears throat> is I was born in Portland. My my parents come from Louisiana and Texas. Mm-hmm. And so you know that, you know, Louisiana is where we say we're from. And because we've never been to Texas, but we have been to Louisiana one time. Yeah. And we had a great time. So it's kind of like trying to find our roots and stuff like that. And so anyway, they came out here, you know, when a lot of the black folks came to Portland um, to work out at the, uh, the the railroad, and, you know, everybody came out. <clears throat> One of my uncles came out, got a job, and sent for everybody else. And so then through that, um, you know, the Scott family started growing, and, you know, in the 60s and 70s, we in the late 50s, we had a janitorial service, and, you know, that was a big deal. You know, that was a big deal. I can remember going to uh, grade school and everybody saying, uh, that I was rich because they had a janitorial service and uh, we wasn't living like we was rich. <laughs> Nowhere near that. Um, yeah. But, you know, we had a good life. I'm not going to say we was broke, but we wasn't rich, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, as life goes on, you know, I went to, I was bussed out. I went to Whitaker grade school out there on um, <clears throat> Columbia Boulevard, mm-hmm. you know. And then from there I went to Wrigley and, uh, my high school days I spent at Grant, which was, you know, a lot of fun. It yeah. was a lot more, probably more fun than school when I think about it, <laughs> you know. And I think about, you know, how my, I don't know if I if I took 100% advantage of the schooling that they were offering me. Yeah. And so, you know, ended up not going to college and stuff like that, you know, had a baby right out of, High school, your brother, and, um, (laughs) you know, uh, went from there. You know, me and your mom, we did the best we could with what we knew. Yeah. You know, and, you know, back in the day, wasn't nobody really telling you step by step what to do. Yeah. Because maybe they didn't know. You know, certain things that uh, I didn't get taught, certain things I had to learn by hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to just put my bootstraps on and get with it. You know, I didn't know how to raise kids. Didn't know nothing about that. You know, at that time, your mom didn't know nothing about raising kids. Yeah. But, you know, we did the best we could with what we had. 
And then, you know, as life goes on, you know, we kind of got in, involved into some things that are, that were derogatory to raising a family. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, with your older brother and stuff like that. But you know what? We had a lot of good times. I can remember when, you know, when Kenny was born and going up to the hospital and doing all that stuff. Because I was at work when he was at, when he was born. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing about my family, you know, that they have a cold-blooded work ethic. You go to work no matter what. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Some if somebody dies or whatever after all that's done, you go to work. Yeah. You know, because you know, it was kind of a it was kind of a pressure release too to go to work. And you know, when I was young, I was making money, man. I was thirteen years old, I had a job. Yeah. You know, I was one of the few kids that could just didn't have to I never filled out the job application. I mean, I never knew how to do that for a long time. I knew you had to do it. Yeah. I just never had to do it. Okay. Because it was just like Go to work. You mm-hmm. get a check. At the age of 10, 12, 13 years old, you know, I can remember um, 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 running a buffer in my mother's living room and almost tore the whole house up. My father <laughs> was shampooing the carpet. And it's like, you know, he said, here, you're going to learn how to do this. And so then <clears throat> gave me the buffer. I started it up and just about tore up the table and stuff, yeah. you know. But I learned how to do that. Yeah. And, you know, Years of doing janitorial work, years of it. You know, I used to uh, wash windows, and we used to wash those skyscrapers. You know, I was in high school, and I was making good money. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like you know, I was making, I don't know, $7, $8 an hour, and people was making $2 an hour. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing for summer and stuff like that. And, you know, my older brother, my oldest brother was uh, <clears throat> the boss of that. And him and his uh, co-workers, and I was just coming working. And I would do the uh, federal building downtown, be mm-hmm. on a scaffold. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> All I knew was I was getting a good check. And then one, the last thing, that the last time I washed windows, I came down backwards. I had my harness on backwards. And the guy told me, man, if you would have failed, you would have killed yourself. I said, I'm through. Yeah. I never did that again. But... Uh, you know, it was fine. It was cool when, as long as it was safe. But then that one time, I was done with that, you know. But I kept working for the family. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it was just uh, always living in Portland. I never really lived anywhere else. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's kind of a crutch, kind of a good thing and kind of a bad thing. Um, you know, but we had a lot of family. We used to do a lot of stuff. We used to go camping. You know, at the church, we did paper drives. Um, we did so much stuff, man, as a kid that the kids nowadays don't do that stuff. Yeah. You know, that stuff is kind of unheard of um, as far as going camping and doing that kind of stuff. And kids, you know, we used to, man, we used to play football on the street. Yeah. You know, and I don't see too many kids doing that nowadays. You know, most kids are out playing video games and doing stuff like that. You know, um, Unless they're like, say, on a basketball team or something like that, but they just don't yeah, get I mean. out. We used to just get out, you know, because it wasn't nothing else to do. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that's what we used to do. I feel that. I know. Uh, speaking of coast, coast, they stayed along around so long. They they got me a job when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> Pay for some uh, 
before some uh, shenanigans I used to get into. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so like you mentioned the derogatory stuff that that you uh, did in the in the eighties. I remember the eighties being a being a pivotal time. I was born in the uh, the later half, but mm-hmm. I remember uh, just kind of. Just thinking back, uh, I was walking through the old neighborhood the other day and just looking at all the houses we lived in. Mm-hmm. And um, you mind uh, touching on, you know, the 80s and kind of the stuff that kind of molded you to the person you are today? Well, I tell you, we uh, lived on, our very first apartment was on Shaver. It was right off of Shaver. No, it was right off of Mississippi and I think Shaver. Mm-hmm. You know where that coffee shop called Fresh Pot is? There's a. It was across the street from there. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 And that was our first apartment, and we had that apartment, and um, that's where we took Kenny when we first when when uh, he was first born. That's the apartment we went to. Yeah. And you know, being a youngster, man, I think we got evicted out of every apartment <laughs> we ever had. You know what I'm saying? One way or the other. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, smoking weed and just, you know, not knowing. Yeah. You know, not knowing that that that, that what you need to do is be stable. Mm-hmm. You know, we just wasn't knowing. And I can remember dealing with that landlord, and it's funny because like ten or fifteen years later, I saw him. He didn't remember me. But I remember who he was. Yeah. You know, and I walked up to him and I told him thanks for, you know, doing what he had to do. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, so we left there. And I'll say that my, you know, that my mother-in-law was, you know, your grandma Mm -hmm. was, uh, she was a hell of a person. Yeah. She helped us, man. She helped us, man, through all that stuff. And uh, let's see, the second apartment we had was... I might have it a bit mixed up, but we lived on 15th in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And that was the apartment when we were uh, we were, we were living in that apartment. And Kenny had a plug in the wall. And Kenny took the plug and put it in his mouth and got shocked. Mm-hmm. And went, it had to go to the hospital. Man, that was wow. Yeah. And then that was the apartment when... We stayed in when Mount St. Helens blew up, too. Okay. And that was crazy, yeah. you know. And um, I could just remember that. That was just a really funky time, you know. It's, it, it was it was hard. It was hard, you know. It was hard to have a job and that stuff. But I was working for Coast, so yeah. it wasn't no big deal for me. You know, I had a job working downtown in those uh, government buildings and doing that stuff, you know. Um and just trying to have a life, you yeah. know, not not going to college or anything, just trying to make a life, and um, you know, so it, it it was it was different, it was difficult, mm-hmm. it was difficult, but we had some good times too. We had a lot of good times, you know, uh, both families, my family, her family, we would have picnics and you know just do a lot of stuff, a lot of family stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, so just, I'm, so like me thinking about, you know, those times, I like to, uh, I like to hold them in high regard, you know what I'm saying? Because I know it was like, you know, it was, you know, going in and out of, from, from place to place, Mm -hmm. staying with grandma sometimes, staying with, you know, whoever sometimes, but I feel like, uh, you know, like 
I wear that, you know, as, as a as like a badge of honor. Because mm-hmm. it's like stuff that I've I, I, I survived. You right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just remembering, you know what I'm saying, like the police raids and the Yeah. How you know how cracking the house used to be, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Just yeah. all that yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you just remember that stuff and like when people ask, you know, me about those times, it's like, well, you know, I mean, yeah, they I didn't know no different, so they, so I didn't really have nothing to compare it to. And then it was the eighties, everybody's parents and I knew right. out, was out in the street, you know what I'm saying? So like I just like, you know, that kinda I mean it really it really drives me because it's like, you know, I that was really I I, I survived it. Me Right. And you don't want to go there yourself? <laughs> no, definitely not. You know, I always say that you guys, I said, I know one thing. My kids know that they do not want to be on crack because they live that life and mm-hmm. they have never used it yeah. because we was deep into <laughs> it. And, you know, you guys lived that life for for some years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I always tell folks, I say, I got the best sons in the world because you guys never gave me any trouble. I've never been to court. I've never been to jail mm-hmm. watching for you guys or anything like that or bringing you money on your books or anything. Yeah. I never had to do that. Yeah. You know, and I and I know a lot of people whose sons or kids, whatever, have never seen them get high and they still have problems. You yeah. know, big problems with their kids and stuff. So I look at that as we did something, you know, you guys mm-hmm. got some upbringing from somewhere. It wasn't all bad, but it was a lot of bad. You yeah. know, um and a lot of stuff that I'm that I'm shame of. I mean, you know, um, you know, that the drug, you know, once that drug get hold of you, man, you just don't have you just don't have the right mind to figure out that you need to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. You know, that you need to buy diapers, that yeah. you need to buy food, that you need to buy underwear, that you need to have and when you got kids you gotta buy <laughs> I had three sons, so I was buying stuff in triplicate. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I wasn't buying stuff in triplicate. Yeah. You know, and because the drugs wouldn't let me, you know, I'm a I can remember one of the best jobs I ever had was out at Crown Zellerback. And uh, there was a paper-making plant. Mm-hmm. And I uh, probably was about 25 or 26 or something like that when I got that job. And, um, you know, if I would have stayed there, I would have been retired. Yeah, I'd have been kicked back right now. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people that I know that, that, that worked out there that are my age, they like, man, shoot, I'm getting three, four, five grand a month just to sit at the house. That's you not know, bad. so it ain't bad, bad money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way I like to hustle, I'd put something on top. Yeah, for you know, real. so mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's good. I I haven't made, you know, too many bad decisions since I left that stuff alone. Yeah. You know, and you know, I've seen, you know, you guys got grand I got grandkids, I got, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. you know, I, I see the progression of life is good, you mm-hmm. know, because I did a lot of stuff that I might not talk about on this mm-hmm. webcast, <laughs> but, you know, I do want to let people know that there is a life after drugs, yeah. and you don't have to use even if you don't want to, Yeah, you know, even if you do want to, uh-huh. you know, because it's days, you know, back in the day where I didn't want to, but I did anyway. Yeah. You know, somebody might come over with a little piece and get me started, and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I can't come back for two or three days or a week or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and then it was up to your grandmother, one of your grandmothers, to take care of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just a bad deal, you know. But the thing I know now is I value everything that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, back then I didn't value nothing. You know, everything could be sold. Yeah, you know, I'd buy something. It could be sold for a hit. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And another good thing about it is, you know, when people see you, after you've done all that and people see you, it's like, and they don't know, they never know. Yeah. Until you tell them. And then they go, well, damn, you did that? Yeah. Well, some you people, know? some people ain't that fortunate. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I still got people that people that I know that that are my age that still doing that. Yeah. You know, and haven't quit since then. And yeah. I've been clean twenty six years. So and it's like, but you still doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, and you fifty eight years old. Yeah. You know, and you ain't. You know, man, you got. You have to give yourself five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes to think. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, give yourself a break, as they say. You know. Mm-hmm. It's a big, big, big deal. You know, drugs is a cold-blooded thing because, um, like I say, whatever crack was the drug back then, what's the drug now? I don't know. Yeah. I you mean, know? From 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 what I see is meth. Yeah, meth, and they got pills, and I never would yeah. take no pills. I was scared of pills. I was scared of mushrooms. I was scared of LSD. I call them white boy drugs, you yeah. know. <laughs> That's what I called them, yeah. you know. But really, drugs is drugs. Now I know drugs is drugs. Don't make no difference. Yeah. You know, so, you know, anything that you can, that that that, that is a mind-altering substance is not good for you. Definitely. Not good for me anyway. Definitely. You yeah. know, some people can do it and be okay. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, what I also wanted to say was, that, um, you know, back in the day, you know, the neighborhood has changed a lot oh. from from where it was. Yeah. You know, and so that kind of, now that's another thing on life for me. Yeah. That's different. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, damn, they did just strip me from my whole childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just stripped my whole childhood away. You know, when they took yeah. Martin Luther King away, it was like, damn. Yeah. You know, and then they took Williams and just built all these brand new apartments that can't nobody afford, mm-hmm. you know, and they call it gentrification. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a good word because it's more like get the hell out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's that's a, that, that is what it's called. Right. Yeah. You know, they call it gentrification, but mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, that, that's that's soft. Yeah. You well, know, yeah. that's a soft way of putting it. Definitely. You know, and the reason why it's a problem is not because of white people or anything like that. The reason why it's a problem is because the people with the money, which are usually white people, buy up the property for $40,000 and then sell it for Mm 100,000 and then sell it for 200,000 and then taxes that was $800, now they fold grand. Yeah. And and the old woman who, whose house that it was, she can't stay in the house. Nope. You know, so that happened to our family. Yeah. It has a, it has repercussions, you know, more than, you know, fancy ice cream and places to eat. Right. You know, like it, right. It has real repercussions of people losing, like you said, their whole childhood. Their whole childhood. You know, I, I go up Williams, man, and I mean, it's like, man, you know, it's like driving up an alley. It's mm-hmm. not even like driving up the street where you can see the park and the trees yeah. and all that stuff. It's just like a concrete wall yeah. on both sides now. And, yeah. you know, and a bike path that took up. A whole lane of street, <laughs> you know, with the two lane street. Now it's a one lane street. I ain't mad, you know. Progression is progression, but you know, I'm I'm blessed to be able to live in North Portland. Yeah, you know true. where I live, you know, because but I was able to buy a long time ago. Yeah, but if it was now, I don't know. Yeah, it might have been a little. You know, <laughs> because all them five and six hundred thousands. That's yeah. a whole other story. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of uh, my brother, he sent me a link. Uh, Grandma Brown's house was up for sale. 
Oh, it is now. And it was. It was. It was. It went for. It might have. It might have been pending after like a day, but it was. Mm-hmm. On, it was up for sale for about four hundred fifty. Yeah. You know, and it said. It said it was like eighteen hundred square feet. I was like, that house is not eighteen hundred square feet. Not nowhere. <laughs> maybe outside. <laughs> yeah, maybe because that house was small. Yeah, if you count that, but um. So you know, um, I was. I remember when they had an epiphany, you know, about because like, I see, I see a lot of cases of like parents that do like wild stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when they in the street life. You know what I'm saying? And I know, like saying, like like we had our our times, but I was thinking, like you know, the reason probably why like it didn't get it got wild, but not like that wild mm-hmm. to where like I have like nightmares of like you know somebody abusing me or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking like maybe like uh, you know coast kept you with a job mm-hmm. so even though you was out on the street you know uncle henry would still give you a job you right know right uncle man would still give you a job so i feel like that was a blessing even though it was it was like fucked up times but but because you was able to work you mm-hmm. didn't have to do you know you know your mom didn't do like no super right super we didn't have to, we didn't have to go to the strip club and all that yeah, stuff you know so i mean you know um, but even if you don't have to, drugs and alcohol will take you there. Yeah. You know, even if you don't have to, you mm-hmm. know, you find yourself doing stuff that you to be like, damn, I did that. Yeah. You know, so, um, um, mostly what coast when I was in my, when I was in my drug use, that was a crutch. If I didn't, if I didn't have no money, I'll go up there and go to work for a couple of days or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then get some money and then be done. You know, yeah. um, I got Fired my uh, Albert Jr., <laughs> my older brother, fired me. Yeah. Because I was with a buddy of mine that I was working with, and we decided to go to my apartment and get high instead of going to work. Yeah. Right? And so he called me, and I said, well, man, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And they never showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously the guy who owned the building said the building didn't get cleaned up. So he had to fire me and the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then me and the guy ended up both being in treatment, and he had about two years more clean than I did. Uh-huh. And um, you know, we were friends, and you know, we went through some stuff, but you know, ended up being friends and stuff. You yeah. know, and you know, you know, recovery's been the best thing that I've ever done. Uh-huh. You know, because when I got into that, you know, I was I was at my wits end. I was at my last. I had my last run. Yeah. You know, and I was in 1992. I had my last run. I was done. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I needed to find something else to do. Yeah. You know, other than that, and so, you know, and you know, went to in 92. I went to Hooper and DePaul, mm-hmm. and you know, once I did that, I was good. I, I think I might have uh, used a couple times after that, but I was on my way. Yeah. When I got done with them, I was on my way because yeah. I had to figure it out. I was like, man, you know, I had to, you know, I still had you guys, you know, I still, yeah. we still had to figure out what what, what was going on, you know, uh-huh. you know, you guys were a little bit older then, but, you know, I needed, I figured I needed to be there. Yeah. You know, and I'm so glad that, you know, my granddaughters have never seen me take a sip of nothing. Yeah. You know, and that's a big deal. I did. Because, you know, back in the day if you wasn't if you wasn't drinking and smoking and uh, you wasn't doing nothing. Yeah. You know, so now, you know, I'm just trying to get ready for my retirement. I feel that. <laughs> that's where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you go when you come all the way to it, I'm able to be able to have a job that pay me enough money to where I can have a retirement. Yeah. Okay. You know, and um you know, 
and try to be healthy because I've been diabetic for 24, these 26 years I've been clean. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother subject within yeah. itself. Yeah. You know, health is a big deal. And I've, you know, I've dealt with it. I've never been in the hospital for overnight because of my diabetes, mm-hmm. sugars, 700 and all that stuff. So yeah. I try to work out normally and, you know, um, I got my step counter and I got it set to 15,000. The other day I did 18,000 and mm. I've done that, you know. So I I count my, I use my counter just about every day unless I just forget to put it on. So, I mean, you know, it's important for me, you know, to stay healthy because every once in a while I do like to have me a little piece of cake or something, you I know. That, I ain't yeah. going to deprive myself 100%. Yeah. So, <laughs> only thing I'm deprive myself of is some drugs and alcohol. Okay. So, and I don't even know if I'm depriving myself because it's been so long. I don't even, I don't miss it. Yeah. You know, and, with, you know, nowadays weed, weed is uh, legal. Uh-huh. So everywhere I go sometimes, you know, folks is, is blazing up. It smells good, but I know I can't fool with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know I can't fool with it because uh, uh, it what it might lead me to. And I don't want to go back. Yeah. I really don't want to go back. That life is, that life is for those who can howl and I can't howl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel you. So, um, when you was out there, and that's probably the last question I asked you about this, but when you was out there, was there, uh, you feel like there was something you was chasing? Like, (laughs) I was chasing my first high. Okay. That's what I was chasing. I was chasing that first, ooh, feeling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you never catch up with it. Okay. You know, you never catch up with it. And I did that for 10 years. You just never catch up with it. That mm-hmm. first one is your best one. If you can stop at that first one, mm-hmm. you'll be good. <laughs> but if you can't stop, you're going to go through whatever it has for you. Yeah. You know, till okay. you can, till you finally say, I'm cool. Yeah. You know, until you wave your white flag saying, man, I am done. Yeah. You know, because it will run you through the ringer two or three times. It's a heavyweight champion of the world. Ooh. You know, if, if Muhammad Ali got in, the, got in the ring with drugs and alcohol, he couldn't win. Yeah. I don't care how many bouts they had. <laughs> you can't win, you know, because yeah. I don't care if you say, well, I'm going to do it once a week. I'm going to do it once a month. I'm going to do it on paydays. I'm going to do it on holidays. It all runs together. Yeah. All of it. You'd be like, damn, that was a whole year of holidays. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, and, you know, it just messes up everything. So I'm just glad I'm on the other side of it now, man. You know, watch you do your thing, you know. I'm glad, too. So uh, what do you know about, like, your mental health? Not not your mental health. What do you know about mental health in in general? Well, I know that when I was a kid, and I don't want to say anything that ain't right, but if you had a problem, you was retarded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. Or you slow, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. You yeah. know, uh, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really no, like it is nowadays where people, you know, might say you have ADD or, you know, I don't remember any of that. It was just one. It was just you was retarded. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying, they was putting people, we used to have a uh, place called Damage Hospital. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where the damaged people went. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's where, the, you know, they had a hospital. They don't have that hospital anymore. So that's why you see a lot of people on the streets that are yeah. mental, you know what I mean, that have serious problems. 
but they used to have a hospital where everybody would go, mm-hmm. you know, and and they would do crazy things in that hospital. They would give shock treatment yeah. and do all that stuff. If you have an outburst or something, they give you shock treatment and shock you and all that stuff, you know what I mean? And it was kind of brutal, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, in the 80s, they closed that place down, the 80s or the 90s, they closed that place down. Yeah. And just people go where you go. Okay. You know, I, that that's my recollection of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just started being on the streets, and you're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of like when uh, the Rajneesh was uh, out then, too, and they was come get some of those people and yeah. doing the things that they was doing, uh-huh. you know, and... You know, and, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I think I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I have any mental disabilities. I know that when I was um, on drugs, I was mental. Yeah. Because they say that's a, a mental issue. You know, who wants to kill themselves? Why would you keep taking drugs that's trying to kill you? Yeah. Why do you want to keep doing That's a mental issue. Okay. You know, and when I used to go to the uh, to the uh, Blue Goose, that was a meeting, uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting called the Blue Goose, and on that building it would say they held with drug addiction, mental health. You know, they mm-hmm. had a list of stuff that they would do, and you know, I had to realize that yeah, I had a, a mental health problem because yeah. I couldn't stop using drugs. Yeah, you know, and it it was it was it was hard. You know, it was real difficult. Okay. Um, all right. You spoke on, like, some very intense mental health. Do you know anything about, like, a, you know, like the milder cases of mental health? Like, cause there's people walking around who mm-hmm. who can hold a job, mm-hmm. you know, and who can do things day to day, but, you know, they got, you know, depression or um, uh, anxiety, you know, but it's not, like, right. extreme. Do you know anything about, like, those cases? I have, you know, I have met some people, I have worked with some people that, uh, you know, for whatever case you, you see, you think you think that they would be okay, mm-hmm. but they're not. There's always some shit going on. Yeah. Always. You know, and it's yeah. like... Like a popular one is called a dysthymia. It's like a mild, uh, a mild depression. Yeah. To where, like, you can go to work, you can chum it up at work, you know what I'm saying, and you can, you know, be social with them when you get home. You just don't want to do. Don't want to do you know, nothing. You kind of yeah. just withdrawn, and that's like you know. I feel like that plagues like a lot of people mm-hmm. because you know it's so low level, right? That, that you really don't think I might could have something like that because when I get home, I'll be tired. Yeah, I'll be- <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me to do <laughs> But I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I don't know anything about that. I never heard of anything like that. Depression you see on TV, somebody who's got a blank stare on their yeah. face. And that's like the misconception of like, you know, mental health uh, disorders is that like you can tell. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I can look at you and I can be like, oh, yeah, you got this, you got that. But most of the times, ain't nothing like that. Right. You know, so, I mean, Hollywood don't really do us a favor by making these movies like, you know, when they... Show somebody with like you know a personality disorder and then he all the way crazy. He's like no, some sometimes it's just right. There's mild cases, mild. There's definitely severe cases, you know. But um, so uh, what kind of things keep you on a kind of straight narrow path? Like what's your uh, protective factors? You, 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 uh, you, when it comes to you uh, 
staying clean and sober? Well, I mean, you know, I do meetings. I do, uh, you know, I go to conventions. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, Florida Ooh. in August for a convention. I've been uh, working with my sponsor. I got a new sponsor because the sponsor I had I had died, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to get a new sponsor. So I got a new sponsor, and I picked up my uh, my book. I haven't hadn't read my book in a while, so me and my new sponsor picked up the book. And we've been reading the book and, um, you know, and start doing my step work. So, but, you know, I, I do my daily maintenance, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do. Yeah. You know, I go to meetings, I talk to somebody, I call people all the time. I, there's this one guy that I talked to, he called me the other day and just, you know, just wanted to say hi. Yeah. You know, how you been, that kind of thing. That make you feel good. That make you feel good when people do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. You know, and I and I depend on that stuff. You know, I I depend on going up to miracles and just hang out. Yeah. You know, watch some guys play dominoes or go to a meeting or whatever they doing. You know, that just feels like that's my that's that's my home right there. Yeah. You know, because you know when I was out in the street, man, you had a lot of people just doing that fake thing. Yeah. You know, they only reason why they won't be around you or you be around them because they got something. You know that kind of thing. And the people that I have in my life now, you know, it ain't but about five or six of them, mm-hmm. you know. I don't have no hundreds of people. Some people have hundreds of people that they kick it with or whatever. Yeah. You know, I have about five or six. And that's all I need. That's mm-hmm. all I want. Yeah. You know, because I don't need a whole bunch. What I found out was, you know, when uh, me and your mom was together, we, you know, there's always a whole bunch of people around us. And yeah. there's always some mess going on behind a whole bunch of people being around yeah. us. So now I try to keep that down to, to a minimum. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I do, you know. And, you know, Amy, she ain't, she ain't the person to be having a whole bunch of people around her anyway. So, yeah. Okay. You know, which is cool. All right. Did you, uh, so when you was, uh, you know, like in treatment in DePaul, did you have like a vision of where you wanted to end up? I had no idea. I tell you, this is my, this was my vision. I was in Hooper Detox, and the uh, everybody in Hooper was, oh man, if you go to DePaul, it's the worst place ever. You're gonna hate it. You're just gonna, man. I got to that place and I was like, I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. I got a chance to dry out. Eat good, three <laughs> meals a day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and just and go to meetings. And mm-hmm. we would get up in the morning. We go to a meeting at seven. We go to a meeting at twelve. We go to a meeting at five. You know. Yeah. And just was those meetings all at at DePaul? No. When I first started, uh, when I was uh, starting at going to meetings at DePaul, there was a AA meeting. Those are the first ones I started going to. Yeah. And those are all mostly white people and you know which was fine and you know they just wanted to talk about alcohol they didn't want to talk about drugs really yeah you know when you talk about drugs they're kind of like mm, you know um, it's like the hierarchy in- right you know yeah. they wanted to talk about they wanted to talk about alcohol and a lot of that stuff to do with alcohol you know like I could remember when I first went to a treatment at this outpatient and there, you know, there's some people, there was a 
radio guy and some other doctors' wives and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And they were talking about wine cabinets. And yeah. they ain't never had no wine cabinet. They don't know about <laughs> no wine cabinet. The, the wine's over there. The alcohol. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. And so they was just talking about stuff that I, I was like, man, this, this ain't me. I don't understand none of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, that didn't work. And then the thing that worked for me was going to DePaul. Um, I'm going to the oh, but before all, let's see, when did that happen? Yeah, I, I yeah, because I went to, I, you know, I did some time in jail. So mm-hmm. I did that before DePaul, you know, yeah. and that was. Was jail wake up call? That was a wake-up call mm-hmm. because I couldn't control nothing from inside of jail. I yeah. tried. It was hard. Yeah. You know, and I only had to do nine months. It went fast. But, I mean, you know, it went fast, but it didn't go fast. You know yeah. what I mean? It. I can remember being downtown Portland on the 4th of July, and I could just barely see the fireworks, just barely see them, you know. And I was like, wow. You know, it was... It, man, it was a, it was a real, real, real shocker. And, um, and I didn't get out till December, mm-hmm. till November of 91. And when I got home, you know, we had dinner at mom's house and everything and everything. And mm-hmm. everybody was there and all that stuff. And, you know, me and your mom wasn't together then, yeah. but, um, you know, um, she was there and everything had came by or whatever. And, you know, last time, the the last time that I, you know, used drugs was in 92. And I, uh, that last time was, was miserable. Um, I, you know, had got high with this girl and, you know, and then as soon as we got done getting high, she just like vanished. Oh, it was like wow, you yeah. know. I didn't. I didn't want nothing from her or nothing, but she just vanished. Yeah, you know. And I was like, okay. And so that was really bad for me, man. And uh, and I was standing on the corner, you know, and was crying. It was raining, and that was the last time I got high. He took me to to his house and uh, let me spend the night and stuff. And that's how I got to Hooper and stuff. And then from Hooper, I went to DePaul and stayed there. I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. When they told me it was time to go, I did three months or something like that. I didn't want to leave, man. I was like, man, I don't want to go out there. Yeah. You know, and um, what happened was I went and moved to my friend Anthony, mm-hmm. and then I went and uh, moved downtown. Yeah. Right next door to DePaul. They had some brand new apartments. Yeah. So I moved down <laughs> in them in a little studio. And... Um, you know, that was that was a time when, you know, me and your mom had started talking and we got back together and all that stuff. And then we got remarried and we stayed married five years that time, you know. And that's remember we used to stay in the Maya Angelos. Yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and uh remember they remodeled them. We had the biggest apartment over there. Yeah. And all that stuff, you know. And that's you know, that's really when, you know, that's when life started getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when it start, started getting better. And then in like 90, then when it really started getting good is when I, uh, 
you know, I had worked at Freightliners for a little while. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. they had uh, laid me off, and I was like, oh, no. I was done with that, getting laid off and stuff, and then ended up working in the, with, uh, in the car business, and I've been doing that since 96 or 97. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got some time in doing that, you know. But, excuse me, one thing that... Um, one thing that, that that treatment and staying clean and sober and for me doing the narcotics anonymous program did for me was give me opportunity to know how to keep a job. Yeah. You know, how mm-hmm. to keep a job, how to pay some bills. Yeah. You know, and I got, you know, married married Amy, you know, and being in an interracial relationship is just, well, it's could be difficult sometimes. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, um, but you know that's my wife, so you yeah. know, I love her. So it is what it is, you yeah. know. And you know we have a son. You know you got you a little stepbrother, but you never call him stepbrother. So well, I, it would be a half brother, half brother, whatever. But, but that's my, but that's my brother. I appreciate that you yeah. guys. You know the, the way you guys handle him, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. And um, you know, so life has been good, man. I mean, I. ain't... I ain't, you know, I ain't no better than nobody else, but I definitely ain't, I definitely ain't that person I was when I was on the street. Yeah. You know, I ain't that person, you know, um, not anymore. Mm-hmm. I can go back. Yeah. You know, it ain't hard to go back. You know, you know, it, I, they always say it, it's one arm limp away. Yeah. You can go get it if you want it. You yeah. know, I don't want none. Okay. You know, so. <laughs> How do you uh, cope with stress nowadays? Meetings. Meetings. Calling my sponsor, calling people, man. I, I, that you have to use that for me, man. I have to use that in every part of my life, man. Mm-hmm. I don't just say that I go to me. I, I use that program. I mean, that's really what's going on. People get tired of me talking about it, but that's that's what got me where I'm at. Yeah, you know, drugs had me messed up when I was talking drugs. You know what I'm saying? When I was talking drugs and doing drugs, nobody didn't want to mess with me. Now that I'm doing clean and sober and stuff, people don't want to mess with me. I'm okay, you know? Yeah. I'm doing what I got to do for me. You know, I, I have a pretty good circle and stuff like that. And You know, I just feel like, you know, I, I, I have respect and I respect people. You know, I learned how to do that. That that That's what that is, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for me to have your respect, you know? Yeah. Because you're my son, man. I don't want you guys saying, boy, that dude is... He's garbage, you know. (laughs) Because I know some folks who talk about their parents like that and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's not good. Okay. What would uh what would you tell a a person that's out there uh struggling with addiction and trying to get clean? Well, one thing I would do if I knew they were real serious about it or just even had a good inkling about it, I'd give my phone number and then I would try to direct them to a meeting. Yeah, you know, I can't make a person go to a meeting. I've tried to do that before. I tried to make somebody go. You know, I've had you know, you know, we've had family members that have died from drug drug use. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not no better than nobody else, man. We've had, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like those people in particular. I tried to get them to go to meetings. Yeah. Do that kind of thing. They, yeah. you know, and they might go for a couple. But they didn't want to stay. Yeah. Or they think they can, you know, people think they can have a drink still. Yeah. You know, I can have a drink. I can have a drink. Well, I know for me, if I have a drink, okay, 
if I have a drink, mm-hmm. probably tonight I would be using drugs. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what my mind is, is, man. Yeah. You know? And I, you know, the way it is right now in the streets, I man, I really ain't trying to. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't hustle that hard no more. Yeah. In that fashion, I feel you know, that is a hustle. That is a twenty four hour a day. Try to get it. Uh, I just want to go to work and take my butt home. Yeah. That's all I want to do. And then if I want to do something else, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to be on the march. Yeah. I you know, because that march ain't no good. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, sharing, you know, story. You know, uh, I ain't going to lie. I wanted to get you to shed a tear, but you didn't. So I'm kind of disappointed well, <laughs> in myself. I know uh, what you were trying to do. <laughs> but you know me, I, I, I will cry now. Don't, don't get me started because I will. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I gave you a good uh I don't know what word I'm looking for. I guess a good uh, view of my life, yeah. of what I of what I went through, uh-huh. you know, and raising three boys and not really knowing how, yeah, you know, not really, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't set it up to where you guys have trust funds, and, <clears throat> you know, all that stuff, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. But I tried to once I got a chance to figure out. What life is about? Yeah. Try to set it up to where is at least you guys have somewhere to stay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's the least, that's the yeah. least you can do. I can. At least have somewhere to stay and eat breakfast in the morning yeah, and all that I stuff. Yeah, hey, that's that's good. You, you know, ain't got that. Yeah, because you know when we bought that house that I'm in now, you was just starting high school. Yeah, that was the longest house I've ever stayed in. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and you know that was that was a big deal. And Amy was, you know, your stepmom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she ain't much older than you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, you know, we was doing that and we wanted to make sure that we did that. Yeah. You know, she was more than willing and happy and to do that. Yeah. You know, and she never I don't think she never really imposed her life on you guys and tried to make you guys change or anything. Yeah. Tried to get you to go to Utah a couple of times. But I went once. You went once. Huh? <laughs> I went once. Yeah. Well, just you know, and me learning like about different things and learning about myself, I realized that she she didn't know what the hell to do with yeah you know with a black teenager and, right you know so, <laughs> right. you know and then and then you probably didn't tell her how deep you was in the game so right she, so like I feel like you know. Yeah. So, like, now, you know, so she understand now, but back then she was just... Well, I tell you what, she knew. She knew because I went to a New York convention. There was a New York convention. I really wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. But she bought me a ticket to go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know. And she had only known me, like, six months or something. It was my birthday or something like that. Yeah. And she bought me a ticket or something like that to go to New York. So she knew I was in recovery. I mean, that's something I don't hide from people. Yeah. You know, that's because that's the best thing I've ever done for the longest amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing that longer than I've had my job. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if they if they just know recovery, they don't you know, they, right. they they don't know. Right. That, you know what all what I went through and yeah. stuff. But she knows now. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you guys have talked to her and she ain't scared to ask questions. So she's asked a lot of questions and got a lot of answers. Yeah. You know, and that's how it worked, man. You know, 
You know, that 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 program is big and you know, I I appreciate the opportunity to share my story and hope that it could help somebody, you know, because somebody's struggling. Definitely. Somebody's struggling, whether it's with drugs or whatever. And the cold-blooded part about drugs is, you know, like you're talking about mental health, they give you stuff. Yeah. You know, people be getting hooked on stuff. That's true, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, if I don't take my pills, this and that going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. But maybe you don't need to take them pills. You know, sometimes you just don't know, you know, where a person goes because addiction is a cold-blooded thing. It don't care. Yeah, that's true. You know, it don't care how rich you are, how famous, how black you are, how white you are, how woke you are, how sleep yeah. you are. It don't <laughs> care. It wants you to be in whatever state that you in right now. Yeah, that's true. And get to taking it. So. I remember uh, when I was, I think it was your 20th meeting, your 20th anniversary meeting. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies in there, she said, she said something that was cold. She said, uh, she said, Crack, it'll make a rich man poe and a lady a hoe. Yeah. I was like, damn. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And if you heard some of them stories that the women have to tell, ew. Yeah. It would make you not even ever want to have a drink or anything again. And the women in the program, I tell them that they the reason why I stay. Because, you know, men, we always want to talk about how cool we was and how much of a pimp we was and all that old mm-hmm. garbage yeah. that ain't about nothing. You know, but the women, when they tell their story, they talk about it for real. Yeah. You know, and for me, that's the way I, that's what I needed when I got here. I, when, when I first got there, I didn't, you know, I didn't need to hear about the glamorous life. Because yeah. wasn't nothing glamorous about when you got, uh, when you, when you got stuff for your kids for Christmas and you go out and sell it before Christmas. Yeah. Ain't nothing glamorous about that. Yeah. You know, when you have 20 presents up under the tree, and then on Christmas Day, you got two. Yeah. You know, there ain't nothing glamorous about that. You know, so like I said, everything I bought, I bought it to sell. So it was just stupid. You know, Mm -hmm. it was stupid. And I can remember when, um, you know, you know what? I can remember when you was a child and I just got a Monte Carlo. It was brand new. Mm -hmm. And. We was driving down the street and got hit, and you flew out the window. Damn. Your mom ever tell you that? She did. Yeah. But I don't know if I flew out the window. Yeah. And it was like, uh, because we wouldn't, back then you didn't have to have seatbelts on. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to. Yeah. And I had you in my, um, damn, was I holding you with your mom? Somebody was holding you in their arm. Yeah. Car got hit in the, <laughs> it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, man, so, you know, it's a lot of stuff that happened. And that was even before the, it got bad, you know. Yeah. And so it it was just a lot of stuff that happened, man, that, you know, I'm glad that we got through. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you guys came through it, you know, because you guys, man, the life we were living, you guys could have been gang members. It wouldn't have been nothing. All you would have had to do was just... Mm-hmm. Look next to you and say, yeah. "I want to do what you're doing." Yeah, because them dudes was affiliated, yeah. and it was no joke. And uh, you know, I'm just glad nobody got hurt, nobody got mm-hmm. killed. Because yeah. we, man, I was thinking was, ugh, I don't even want to talk about. It. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, I'm, if, you know, if anything I said can help somebody, man, and if you need me, if you, you know, need me, find me at Miracles, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I be, you yeah. know, that's where I hang out, I don't hang out at the clubs, I don't hang out at the strip bars and all that stuff, I ain't got enough money for that. <laughs> <laughs> It do cost money. I like to travel. I don't like, yeah. you know, I, I can't. Be, I'll say this. When I used to do drugs, I always wondered how the dope man had a new car, jewelry, and everything else that I bought him. Because I bought a lot of stuff. Yeah. It just wasn't my stuff. Yeah. I bought a lot of stuff for somebody else, you know, and that deprived you guys, mm-hmm. you know. And so now I try to do things that, that, that I can to help you guys, you know, if you need it. But you yeah. guys, you know, you guys take care of yourself. So trying, yeah. So I, you know, that's another thing I say. You guys don't be bothering me for ten and twenty dollars, <laughs> different kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So you know, and I appreciate that. But if you need it, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, you know, you guys are good providers. Yeah. You we, know, we, I'm trying to be. Yeah. So you know, you're doing your thing. Yeah. You know, so you're living in Westland. Everybody ain't living in Westland. That's true. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not living in Westland. So. Because of said gentrification, uh-huh. Westland is, <laughs> yeah. is, is cheaper than Portland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But it's all good, yes, though. Yes, sir. So um, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want to contact me, I'm on Twitter, H8SocialWork. Um, also, uh, my Gmail is HipHopSocialWorker at gmail.com. And if you thought I was too proud to get a cash app for donations, you felt wrong, because that is CScott85. Holla at me. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate you. All right. And if y'all want to get in touch with me, my, my I'll give you my uh, emails, kenscott525 at gmail.com. I mean, you know, shoot me a thing. I'll show you, try to show you how to do this clean and sober thing as, as much as I can, and then you're on your own after that. Peace. I hope that was good. Since we didn't practice.